0: Welcome to Falun Gong News, direct from China and around the world, from the Minghui website. Topics include news about the persecution of Falun Gong in China, local events, and special items of interest. Now for this week's stories.
1: The following is a Mingwei editorial entitled, Holding Oneself to a Cultivator's Standard. The article was published on October 27, 2023. Since the publication of Master's article, Treat Master's Family Members Properly, and the Mingwe editorial, Acting with Righteous Thoughts, with Master's Comment, Some practitioners who used to flatter Master's family members with their words and actions based on human attachments have gone to the opposite extreme on the issue of how to treat Master's family members. Master has taught us the Fa to enable us to elevate in cultivation. We are all cultivators walking on the path to divinity. We follow the Fa's guidance to continuously let go of various human emotions and human attachments and progress toward consummation in our process of saving people. Master has not said that his family members are all wrong. He is only correcting certain practitioners who are not doing things as cultivators should. We should avoid creating difficulties for Master through unbecoming words and actions. Rather, we should understand the Fa from within the FA and hold ourselves to a cultivator's standard.
0: California, USA, the 22nd Global Village Festival, was held in the city of Irvine on October 14th. Maya Farah N. Khan noted, during her opening ceremony speech, that the event celebrates the cultures of over 50 ethnicities. It also showcases local businesses, restaurants, and art activities. Local practitioners of Falun Dafa, also known as Falun Gong, set up an informational booth near the entrance to Great Park. They informed festival attendees of the mental and physical benefits offered by the practice through demonstrating the five sets of Falun Dafa exercises and conversing with people while handing out flyers. They also displayed posters exposing the decades-long persecution of the practice in China by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. Many foreign diplomats stationed in Los Angeles attended the event. They represented nations from around the world and included Bulgaria, Indonesia, Iraq, Ireland, Japan, Latvia, Mexico, Pakistan, Qatar, Switzerland, Thailand, Turkey, and Taiwan.
1: Netherlands, Falun Dafa practitioners hold truth sharing activities every week in various cities of the Netherlands. On October 9th and 16th, they set up a Fallen Dafa information booth in Utrecht's bustling Central Railway Station. Practitioners introduced the practice to the public and held a signature drive rallying support against the CCP's state-sanctioned organ harvesting from living practitioners. Architect Stuart McGuinness said he strongly opposed the CCP using practitioners for an organ bank. McInnis said that it is terrible the way the communists treat people as property as if they were a resource rather than treating them as human beings. He added his signature to a petition calling for an end to the persecution. IT company director Abhishek Mishra signed a petition calling on the Dutch government to help end the CCP's persecution of Falun Dafa practitioners. He said that people involved in such activities, even if they played a small part, should no longer call themselves human beings.
0: Croatia. Falun Dafa practitioners set up an informational booth at King Tomislav Square in the capital city of Zagreb on October 14th. They offered pamphlets and books about Falun Dafa and its persecution in China. Many people signed the petition calling to end the CCP's organ harvesting. Some residents asked where they could learn the Falun Dafa exercises and received information about local practice sites. Two older men strolling on the square stopped in front of the booth. When a practitioner handed them a leaflet, one immediately asked, This is from Buddhism, right? They advocate kindness and tolerance. The practitioner briefly introduced Falun Dafa to them and explained that it is not a religion, but a method of cultivating the body and mind. They listened carefully and one said, we all need more tolerance and kindness.
1: Hawaii, USA. The 61st annual food and new product show was held at the Neil S. Blaisdell Exhibition Hall on October 6th through October 8th. The event showcased new food delicacies, innovative products, local artisans, and live entertainment. Falun Dafa practitioners demonstrated the Falun Dafa exercises on stage and set up an information booth where they introduced the practice in depth. Many onlookers were interested in the spiritual practice and wanted to find local exercise practice sites. Leah, the organizer of the stage performances, was impressed by the practitioners' demonstrations. She added two more to those originally planned for a total of five demonstrations over two days. When the event concluded, she went to the practitioners' booth and thanked them for the beautiful performances. She also invited them to demonstrate the Falandafa exercises on stage at the next exhibition.
0: Taiwan. The Tamsui Environmental Art Festival was held at the city's Golden Waterfront Plaza on October 14th. An estimated 10,000 people participated in the event. The entire parade route was lined with spectators, and the Falandafa contingent was warmly welcomed. The Tianguo Marching Band and Celestial Maiden Dance Team was once again chosen to be the parade's finale for a strong finish. Many people gave practitioners a thumbs up and some spectators danced in time to the music. Some followed the band and took photos or video recordings of their performances. The Celestial Maidens that followed the band handed out origami lotus flowers with the words Falandafa printed on them. The flowers were very popular and prompted many requests.
1: New Zealand A Falun experience-sharing conference took place in Auckland on October 23rd. Thirteen practitioners talked about how they aligned with the practice's principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Each shared their experiences on their own cultivation journey, some of which included letting go of resentment, seeking fame, lacking patience, jealousy, zealotry, depending on others, and attachment to comfort. One practitioner spoke of cultivation opportunities arising while helping with the Shen Yun project. She corrected herself when she realized that the problems she encountered stemmed from having human notions instead of righteous thoughts, and that she needed to face tribulations instead of avoiding them. Practitioners who attended the conference said the event reminded them that cultivation practice is serious. They expressed gratitude to Master Lee, the founder of Falun Dafa, for the precious opportunity.
0: Canada, the 36th annual Toronto International Snowmobile, ATV and Power Sports Show, was held at the International Centre in Toronto, Canada from October 20th to the 22nd. This event is the largest snowmobile exhibition in the world and many winter sports enthusiasts came to see the latest snowmobiles, ATVs, and power sports. Practitioners set up a booth and introduced Falun Dafa to visitors at the show. They demonstrated the five exercises and read aloud a couple of sections of Falun, the main text of Falun Dafa. A staff organizer named Steve was very helpful to practitioners when it was realized that the proposed location of the Falun Dafa booth was in a very noisy location. He helped practitioners switch to a quieter spot and said, I want to do the exercises and make it a part of my daily routine. After hearing that practitioners follow the principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance, he added, I think everyone should come and learn Falun Dafa. The following are selected cases of persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China. Mr. Li Lijuan, an orthopedic doctor from the Heilongjiang province, was pepper-sprayed in the face, groin area, and anus at the Hulan prison. The guards also shocked him in those areas with electric batons. They force-fed him urine, beat him savagely, and verbally abused him. After that, they put a straitjacket on him and did not allow him to sleep for two straight nights. Mr. Lee had bruises and wounds on his face, and it took many days to heal. The marks on his legs after being repeatedly kicked, however, are still visible as of today. As Mr. Lee remained firm in his faith, the guards also revoked his in-prison visits and phone calls with his family. Other jailed Falun Gong practitioners, who refused to renounce their faith, faced similar torture and punishment. Mr. Lee was sentenced to ten years and eight months after being arrested in April 2020. He had previously served six years in prison for his faith in Falun Gong.
1: After serving three years for her faith in Falun Gong, Zhang Guasheng walked out of Jilin Province Women's Prison on October 19th, only to be met with a group of police officers. The police ordered Miss Zhang to go with them to the local Six Ten office to have her pictures taken and sign some paperwork. The 60-year-old woman refused to comply. The police then seized Miss Zhang, as well as her daughter and two other fallen practitioners who had all gone to the prison to pick her up. Miss Zhang's husband returned home that evening to find out that he was unable to open the door. He then noted that the door handle was damaged and that the lock had been changed. Having had his home raided by the police before due to his wife's faith in Falun Gong, he suspected that the police had come again. It is unclear where Ms. Zhang and her daughter are being detained.
0: Mr. Hu Yanqing, a 69-year-old businessman from jiangshu province, was sentenced to one year and four months for his faith in Falun Gong. Mr. Hu's sentencing stemmed from his arrest in January for distributing Falun Gong informational materials. His family learned about his prison sentence in mid-October. Other details of his indictment, trial, and sentencing remain to be investigated. It is unclear if he has been transferred to prison. Mr. Hu had been arrested multiple times. He was previously sentenced and served three years in prison in late 2015.
1: Ms. Ying Yuwa from Heilongjiang Province is currently serving three and a half years for her faith in Falun Gong. After she was admitted to the Heilongjiang province women's prison in August 2021, the prison guards forced her to sit on a small stool from 4 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock in the evening every day. The slightest movement would result in beatings and verbal abuse. Due to the constant beatings, Ms. Ying had bruises all over her body and all but one of her teeth was knocked out. She had trouble eating and became malnourished and emaciated. In July this year, Ms. Jing's husband filed an administrative litigation against the Heilongjiang Province Women's Prison, which resulted in an investigation from the Harbin Municipal Procuratorate. Ms. Zhang has since reported that she was treated better in prison. Prior to her latest imprisonment, Ms. Ying was detained many times for practicing Falun Gong, including spending three years in a forced labor camp. Each time she was arrested, she was savagely beaten, injected with unknown toxic drugs, and subjected to many other forms of torture. When she was not in detention, she was forced to live away from home to avoid further arrest.
0: Israelis find inner peace in a tumultuous time through online Falandafa classes. A sudden attack was launched against Israel on October 7th that left more than 1,500 civilians and soldiers dead. Even children, women, and the elderly were taken hostage or killed. The event's horror sent shockwaves of fear and depression throughout the land. Falun Dafa practitioners realized that now, more than ever, the Israeli people needed a way to find stability and peace during this time branded by violence and grief. To meet this need, they continued to offer webinars teaching their mind-body cultivation practice. Attendees said these webinars offered a spot of solace in a chaotic time, and many expressed their gratitude toward the organizers for giving them hope in a time of conflict. The webinar format is not a new initiative for the Israeli practitioners. Falandafa practitioners around the world have hosted webinars to introduce the practice and teach the exercises to the general public since the COVID pandemic interfered with in-person meetings. In Israel, these webinars have been held once a week, followed by two group exercise sessions online. After the attacks on October 7th, the webinar organizing team had to decide if it was worth continuing their sessions. Webinar coordinator Addy reported that their whole team got together to read the and share their understanding, before deciding to present their first webinar that took place after the attack. She said, It helped us to break free from the tension, to remember that we are Dafa disciples, and to regain the strength to stay focused, rational, and teach others. A group of practitioners prepared content that was designated to enable attendees to gain mental strength from the practice of Falun Dafa in this time of national disaster and personal tragedy. Each of the two sessions held since the fighting broke out had around 10 participants, which created an intimate setting Where students could receive detailed instruction. Their feedback after the webinar included many words of gratitude. A participant wrote, Thanks for the tutorial yesterday. You opened a door to a wonderful world for me. Someone else wrote, Thank you, dears. Every speck of hope and relief from these atrocities is a blessing. Thank you for spreading hope and connecting me to the power of life in a time of tragedy to our nation, another participant was impressed by the energy of the exercises. She said, This is amazing, I feel heat all over my body. Yet another participant left a message thanking the practitioners for their generosity, professionalism, and wisdom. She found it very touching to see something positive like Falandafa in a world too often filled with violence and hate. She wrote, this is why I want to thank you for introducing Falandafa to me. God is going to reward you for the good deeds that you are doing.
1: Shenyang Symphony Orchestra performs at Lincoln Center in New York City. The Shenyang Symphony Orchestra presented two concerts at the David Geffen Hall at Lincoln Center on October twenty-second. This was the ensemble's first performance since the pandemic halted public gatherings. The orchestra is comprised of musicians from Shenyan Performing Arts, whose goal is to revive traditional Chinese culture through dance and music. This ensemble was formed in response to high demand from those clamoring to hear more of Shenyan's music. Since 2012, the orchestra has occasionally toured outside the structure of the Shenyan Performing Arts half-year dancing tour season. This year's program included classical favorites as well as original works written by Shenyang Performing Arts in-house composers. The New York-based Ensemble is known for its blend of East and West, incorporating ancient Chinese instruments and melodies into a classical Western symphony orchestra. Acclaimed composer and guitarist, Spiros Exaras, Described the performance he attended, saying, It's very cinematic. It lifts you up. Journalist Jana Georgi concurred and added, It's very spiritual music. She explained that it was not like religious music, but instead, music imbued with spirit. German Software Development Chairman Hans-Peter Tramp said, It was a great experience. We decided to go to the show because it's difficult to find such a show in Europe. His wife said, It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Their skills are astonishing. Gregory, a doctor in New York, called the music very uplifting, very classical. He added, Blending Eastern and Western music together would clearly make us more closely connected. This would become a medicine that heals the suffering people in the world. John Cheaty, Finance Committee Chairman at Futures Ignite, said, I think this is an orchestra that is beyond imagination. He referred to the conductor as excellent. His companion, Miss K. Wall, said, I like the energy and harmony between the conductor and performers. The fluidity of the orchestra is very inspiring. I would definitely recommend this program, especially to those interested. In different cultures. Founder and CEO of Wellness Now, Russell Allen, called the performance very uplifting and nourishing to the spirit. He added, Understanding that beauty is part of our heart and early essence of every human being is very much a traditional value. And things that elevate the spirit, like this music, awaken us to our conscience and being better people. Senior District Manager at ADP, Nicole Feen said, I think that it's so clear that this music comes from such a pure place, very pure. I think that the world needs to restore the purity like having a pure source of things in all creations in music and art. There's so much to gain when you come from a pure place